0: A recovered Compulsive overeater. Hi, Carol. Hi, I'm Carol. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Hi, Carol. Okay, I'm going to start this with the doctor's opinion, but first I'll tell you about myself. I think I was born a compulsive overeater. I remember as a, a baby, so you're, I had a bottle and I had to have chocolate milk in this bottle. I even had a song of, of how to get it from my mother. And that's all I would eat. Not realizing, now I realize it was sugar. That's what I ate as a baby, sugar. Uh, They called me a good shopper. They put me in my stroller. Once again, I remember this, and I was in a stroller. And all he had to do was buy me a hot dog with ketchup and a Coke, and I was a good shopper. I would do whatever you wanted. I wouldn't run around the store like my other sisters would. Um, So uh, then at my grandmother's house every Sunday... We would go over there. I know I'm very politically minded because the other kids would be playing in the living room, making, you know, being crazy kids. I'd be in the kitchen where my grandmother, who was a bartender, kept the potato chip bowl, the popcorn bowl, the pretzel bowl full full until the very end then when the potato chips were done it'd be like oh all right i'll go to the popcorn oh then the, when that's done all right i'll go to the pretzels I, I remember all this 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 was my what my life was it was all about food all about if we're going to a party who um what do what do they serve what can i eat there i'd sit near the food it it was crazy so as I got older, of course, a teenager, you diet down. And then for the rest of my life, I've been a yo-yo dieter. The last 10 years, I was at Weight Watchers. I, I can say it. I, it works for other people. It doesn't work for me. And I think I took my first step in that 10 years. So all people here who say, like, they've been through this and relapse, I, I think I did. Hopefully, I did that already in Weight Watchers. Um, I I got down to my goal weight and then learned that my thyroid was super fast. That's why I got to my goal weight. I got on medicine to fix my thyroid and gain 60 pounds while going to Weight Watchers every single week. Never stopped. So finally, last August, met last July, my sister said, I think I'm going to try Overeaters Anonymous. And I thought, oh, okay, I've heard of it. My daughter's an alcoholic. She's sober for 11 years. I know about the steps, but I read the book long ago and thought, oh, no, this is not me, I, I, and I put it down. I forgot about it. But when I got here and they talked to me, I, it was like I was home. Like, really? I, I'm not lazy? I, I, when they said that I have an allergy to food, it finally made sense. Like my Weight Watchers friends would say, if you can't stop eating, just go to sleep. Well, yeah, I wish. I wish I could just go to sleep. I would lay in bed and get up and go eat all night long. That was my thing. I ate at night. Um, so, and, and a couple years ago, I had this thing where if I, it's called eosinophilic esophagitis. Over the years, I've eaten foods that I'm allergic to. And they're healthy foods, corn, soy, dairy, nuts. But because I eat them, my esophagus narrows. And if I keep eating these foods, food will get stuck and I'll have to actually go to the ER. So I realize that foods can give you a reaction that's not normal, like not a rash. It can be a weird thing, like your esophagus narrowing. So when I found out here, in the doctor's opinion, that I have an allergy, I I bought that right away. I got it because I already had a weird allergy. I didn't have to to fight this. I knew it. I was actually happy to hear it. Like it's not it's not all in my mind. We'll get to that later because some of it is in my mind. But if I start eating, like when I was at Weight Watchers, they say they'd say, Take the weekend off, and then get back on monday mm-hmm. no, there 's no getting back on Monday for me ever so um, so i I got a sponsor my third meeting in fact, when I did it was a meeting like this, or no, it was the meeting after the nine o 'clock meeting, and I was crying, of course, and my sponsor said, if you'd like, I can guide you through the steps. And they laughed later because at the same time, I had a look of terror and excitement on my face. So i have been through the steps. I was afraid after, before I got to every step, I was afraid to do it. And thank God I jumped into each step, bought it whole hog. I kept saying that if I studied in high school, the way I studied this book, I maybe would be a doctor now and not a secretary retired secretary. So um, so that's my story. That's how I I realized I, I am a compulsive overeater, recovered, thank God. But that's, I, I got it, I am one. Um, so in the doctor's opinion, he says it right here, the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. And it explains the allergy, which is un- an unusual sensitivity or an adverse abnormal reaction to foods. When we eat, with me, it's sugar for the most part, and certain behaviors, which I thank Weight Watchers for, because they taught me bad behaviors, and I was supposed to not do them, and I could stop eating. Well, it wasn't possible then, but at least now I know what my bad behaviors are. Like, I can't eat at night, I can't eat between meals, I can't take a bite, a lick, or a taste, or I'm off to the races. So, um in the doctor's opinion, they also say it is in our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which le- leaves out the physical factor is incomplete that's That's so true. Um, and then they say, before you do the steps, you should be free of this food. You should be abstinent from food at least a few days. So, your bot- your mind is not befogged, and it says more often than not it is imperative that a man's brain be cleared before he is approached as he has then a better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer so thank God again, which <laughs> I say that a lot these days a year ago no, I didn't think of God unless I was in major trouble, and then I was praying, help me, get me out of this jam help me lose weight which was a big one Um, and I just lost my thought (laughs) Um, so anyway I I believe that as soon as I stopped eating at first I did white knuckle it as I was going through this I had to white knuckle it and I if I didn't know I was a compulsive overeater I knew it at night those first few days when I actually was holding on to my sheets so I wouldn't get out of bed. I was shaking. I I went through withdrawal like a like a junkie. It was crazy. I I didn't I never believed it would be that bad to try to get my body off of sugar for for the most part sugar. And um but I did it. I did it, and I went through these steps, and by step nine, I felt like, actually, at step two, I said to my sponsor, I don't think this is working, and she said, well, if it worked at step two, it would be a two-step program, but it's a 12-step program. You got to go through every step. Thank God I did. Thank God. Thank God I did. I did it, and now I sponsor people, and my life is just so different although it's not perfect my 34 year old daughter lives with us with her seven-year-old son his father is a recovered maybe drug addict who's in and out of his life my life's not easy i've been with my husband for 34 years that could bring up a lot of resentments if my cousin knows my and my husband it could bring up a lot but but today it's good. Everything's good. Everything's calmer. When things happen, my brain does not go crazy anymore. I just sit quiet and bring God back in because when I don't feel God, it's because I am blocking him. So, so that's, that was my story. Um, Okay, we believe and so suggested a few years ago that the action of alcohol, or food in our case, on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy, that the phenomenon of crav- craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. So there there we go again. Um, I, I can't touch this stuff at all. If I do, I will just keep on eating. Um, And we like men and women eat certain foods essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. And actually, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I didn't even realize I was having an effect until the very end. Until I was in my kitchen in the middle of the night crying, eating, saying, don't take this bite as I put the bite in my mouth. Saying, don't chew as I was chewing. Saying, spit it out as I was swallowing. And then I would lay on the sofa and think, okay, I think I'm good. I think I could sleep now. Sleep for a half hour. I'd wake up and I and I thought, I'm not even gonna fight it because I will end up eating anyway. So I might as well eat. Why suffer all night and eat at five AM? I might as well eat at one AM and why suffer? So that's what I did until I took these steps. And um it talks about the well known stages of a spree. You've, um, you emerge remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again or eat again in our case. And that's another thing. When I first started reading this book, I, ha- I said, I can't do this. I'm not an alcoholic. Every time I see alcohol or drink, it doesn't make sense to me. Now, I don't even see the word drink. It's all eat to me. This, this book has spoken to me so well that to me it's all about eating. And I call my foods my alcoholic food. So I almost I consider myself an alcoholic, but it's not to alcohol, it's to food. So um but there is there is hope. It says on the other hand, right in the doctor's opinion, and strange as that may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple steps, or a few simple rules. And that's what also got me. I'll go back to my daughter again. At first, we didn't drink around her because she was new in her sobriety. Now, there's, there'll be wine. My husband drinks wine. We have beer in the house for him. And I always thought, wow, she's got such good will- willpower. And I finally real realized that willpower has nothing to do with it. I, I don't have willpower. It's, I just don't want to eat. I used to when I bake cookies for Christmas. I would eat at least a dozen or two as it was still dough with the raw egg and everything. Then I would eat them while they were warm and so finally I had to make so many cookies just to have enough for the family. This year I made cookies again, didn't have one bite of anything. And then at the end of January, the middle of February, I found the tray this big, not really well hidden. It was in my kitchen. I forgot I had them. I, I couldn't believe it. I, there are cookies in my house, and I didn't even know they were there. So I just gave them to my daughter. She took them to her meetings because alcoholics eat. eat. So, so I didn't have to worry about my cookies. <laughs> So anyway, um, I'm getting, I guess, close to the end of this part. Um, I just I just want you to know that willpower is not needed. If you have this psychic change, if you give up the food, you no longer have um, anything that calms you down. You have to fill that with a higher power. And that's what happened to me, which is unbelievable, but it did. And um, and for today, for today, I'm good. And as long as every morning I wake up and unfreakin' block myself, I'm good that day too. And with that, I pass.
1: Thanks, Carol. I'm Carol, still recovered compulsive reader. Hi, Carol. Um, so in Bill's story, Bill discovers liquor. And right from the beginning, he is trying to meet needs with the liquor. I said, in Bill's story, he discovers liquor. And right from the beginning, he's trying to meet some emotional needs with the liquor. Um, He's dealing with his feelings with it. It says, here was love, applause, war, moments sublime with intervals hilarious. I was part of life at last. Um, it also says, I was very lonely and again turned to alcohol. That's what food was for me. From the time I was a kid, um, you know, I, I couldn't wait for the birthday parties. And um, there there was always sugary things in my house. I was eating Fruit Loops with tablespoons full of sugar on it. At the end, then I would eat the sugar from the bottom of it. Um, and... To me, I didn't know there was anything wrong with that. I thought everybody did that. It didn't occur to me. Nobody ever stopped me. So, you know, my parents didn't watch me that well. Um, (laughs) But anyway, um, so, um, you know, my eating progressed over the years. When I was a kid, I, I was thin. And I was thin as an adult. Um, So I didn't have a problem, Um, but I was using sugar, and when I first came in the program, I was in a lot of denial about that. I thought that my problem came when the weight came on me, and really my problem came back, way back, where I can't even touch the beginning of it, because um, sugar was always a big thing with me, and Part of that sugar was flour also. Um, I like doughy, bready things, um, cakes, cookies, candies, you name it. My grandmother used to get the box of Whitman samplers, and I would take bites out of half of everything and put the other half back. <laughs> she was thrilled with me over that. Um, I I looked forward to... Um, when when my next treat would be—that's how I was rewarded as a kid. I, um, you know, if anything, what you know, if if I was given a pat on the back, it was with food. And um, lost my thought. Sorry. Um, so my my eating progressed over the years uh my weight increased in my in junior high a little bit and um and I didn't care you know I just didn't care I was at an age where I was pretty much a tomboy and I I didn't care about what my weight was um and again this is not about weight but in my mind it was and then I hit my teens and I thinned out and um I realized that um If I controlled the food that I was taking in, then I could manipulate my weight. And that got me attention. And that's really what it came down to be for me, is I was trying to meet an emotional need with the food, with the attention from um, boys. Um, I... I felt like that validated me in some way um, so in bill's in bill's story um in the beginning he his his drinking was not yet continuous, but it disturbed his wife, so she's noticing there's a problem, and that's what happened um as I progressed through adulthood. My um, drinking, my drinking, my eating, same thing to me, Mm -hmm. same thing. Uh, My eating, people started to point it out to me, like, hey, you ate the whole box of cookies. You didn't leave one for me. And people were angry with me. My daughter was angry with me. I would tell friends, oh, I have a piece of cake for you. I made a cake. I ate the whole thing. It never made it to the morning. You know it just didn't survive the night um, so you know people started to bring that to my attention, and i I didn't care i i was I was arrogant about my eating I wanted to um i I just didn't care in the end. The last ten years, doctors were telling me. You gotta stop because I developed diabetes, I developed high blood pressure, I was obese um and it it just didn't matter to me, you know, doctor after doctor told me you have to stop, you'll lose your legs someday if you don't stop, you know, and it just didn't click it didn't click um, so. I said that already um so i gained 95 pounds in that in that time frame and um i i think some of that for me was um i had a major depressive episode back in 2008 and i i had to go on a bunch of different medicines um and that helped put on the weight um It increased my hunger. It did not make me eat my alcoholic foods. That was my choice, what I was eating. Um, And that was my choice to eat the quantities that I was eating because I didn't just eat to get the sugar effect, which I kind of knew and didn't know at the time. You know, I, I, I knew it, but I wasn't, like, plugging into that I was getting an effect from the sugar. Um, but I ate for volume. Um, I liked that full feeling. I It was comforting to me. And, you know, the joke at my house was, oh, I hope I go to the bathroom soon so I can make more room for more food. Um, you know, and me and my daughter would laugh about it, um, thinking we were, you know, that I was just being sarcastic. But I was serious. Um, so I, I was pretty much out of control for the last 10 years. Um, my, my big eating times were late in the day. Um, in the morning I would wake up with the shakes, um, from eating too much sugar and too much, too many flour products. Um, I guess I was going through withdrawal. So, um... You know I like Karen was saying i I would go all through the night, I'd go to sleep for an hour or two, wake up, binge, go to sleep for an hour or two binge it it awesome. just went on and on and on so i I finally you know I finally had so much guilt and shame that I realized i I had to do something, and I was familiar with the o a program. Back in my twenties, I went to an o a meeting in North Carolina. Um, I was not in a big body yet, but i I knew I had a sugar problem even back then. I knew that sugar made me not feel well. Um, there was a lot of pain in my body after I ate sugar um so i I went to a meeting and um it it just didn't take. You know, I, and I blamed the people at the meeting for it. Uh, they were unresponsive to me, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. and just went on and on in my head about it. So I, um, so I went on for the next 30 years eating my alcoholic foods and um, feeling I was entitled to do that and manipulating food, manipulating my weight. You know, I would exercise a lot so that I could keep my weight down, but I continued to eat. Um, So, again, I had a lot of shame and and guilt from that. Um, Finally, I knew I had to stop, and so I came back into OA uh, about two years ago now, and I I half-heartedly worked the program for a few months. I I did go see a nutritionist. She was not familiar with the disease. And she told me, well, I can eat this amount of food and I can eat all the vegetables I want. And, well, I'm a volume eater. Don't tell me I can eat all of anything I want to eat because, you know, I'll eat it. I, it's That was great with me. So I... You know, I, I did lose some weight. I lost about 40 pounds. And to me, it was about the weight still. Um, it didn't occur to me that I really could feel better emotionally. and And in my head, I could stop being insane, that I could stop having these racing thoughts, this obsession with food, this obsession with whatever I feel like obsessing over for the day you know um my my mind is a sick mind and um it's only through the 12 steps that it's being healed um so i came i i came in i was very angry i was i have a horrific i will say it's horrific abuse history and um i felt like i should be pissed off about it I felt entitled to be angry, um, people didn't understand, I, you know, and I was just angry at everything, I was uh, angry at everything and everyone, and, um, I started to have some flashbacks of some things that happened to me, and I decided I knew how to stop that, I was going to eat again. But again, I'm still trying to control it. So I didn't go back to donuts because donuts would have been really having the bottom of the barrel. So I started binging on fruit. And fruit um, can make you gain weight too. Um, I, I, I went back out. I was out for a few months. Um, well, for about a year. And I, um, it, was, it was just as out of control. It was just out of of control. It progressed. Um, I came back in, and this time I knew I was beaten. But again, I was still angry. I was still very angry. And it was only with the help of the people in these rooms and going through the steps that I realized I had to, um, that I could be free of this obsession and free of my anger somewhere along the line the anger calmed down and that was a huge relief for me so you know bill goes on in his story his drinking progresses he um he realizes he could not stop that he had, he had he couldn't take so much as one drink and that's how it was with me with food I couldn't take one bite of my alcoholic foods, but I couldn't stop it either. I had to rely on a power greater than myself because I realized I was powerless, you know, and if I'm powerless then then how do I get healed and how do i how do I beat this you know um and so it was pretty obvious to me that my life had become unmanageable and that I was powerless over the food. So I I begrudgingly took the steps with my sponsor. And, um, you know, I, I had a pretty... Uh, I know this is a first-step meeting, but I had a pretty intense second-step experience, but it was only because I was taking the first step that it happened, that um, I I believed in a higher power. I believe, I call my higher power God, and but I thought he was out to get me, and I, I thought he was always angry with me, and I was afraid of him, but I was also pissed off at him. And... Um, Someone said to me at a workshop, why don't you ask God to show you the parts of his presence that you want to see? And I wanted to see love and kindness. You know, I wanted to know that part of God because other people said they knew that part, that they had a loving, caring God. And... um I had a day when people in the I was in the workshop and people in the program just kept coming to me and saying these really poignant things and um at the end of the day I had written a long email to my sponsor about how horrible things were for me and um how how people in my life had told me, you know, God was out to get me. I mean that's what I grew up with, a very uh hardcore um, religious background and, um, you know, God's watching you. God's out to get you. Um, he'll punish you. And, um, I, so I wrote all that in this email and she just said back to me, she said, do you think these people might've been lying to you that maybe those things aren't true? And it was, you know, Bill says in here, the scales of, of prejudice fell from his eyes. That's exactly what happened to me. It was a moment of clarity I I realized of course they were lying. They weren't even nice people. <laughs> I, why would I believe them? They and it really was the very few that said that, but my mind can focus on the negative rather than the positive. And um there were plenty of people that did positive things in my life because through the bad there was a lot of good. And um so so that That was a huge awakening for me that I knew that I did not have to be afraid and that I really could be released from this disease if I want it to be. And I did. I I chose that to be. Um,
0: With that, I pass. Okay, this is Karen again. Uh, We're now on Chapter 2, There is a Solution. And there is like one sentence right up near the top, near nearly all have recovered. Yippee. Uh it just it just feels so good. But somewhere in this chapter on the margin, some wise person told me that my disease is doing push ups even as I abstain. And I never knew that was possible. You see it? I mean, we're not supposed to talk about alcoholics, but you see it with them where they're abstinent or sober for years, and they go back, and it, they're drunks again, like right away. And I always thought you had another 20 years. So I, like when I first started this, I thought, well, all right, if I relapse, I'll, I'll get back on the next week. Found out, no, it doesn't work that way. It, it You may be taken out for a long time. So I just wanted to to um, to say that. So when um, I was these t- past 10 years before I started OA, I was seeking peace of mind and I even said to this one leader in that old the old diet place I went to, I got down to my goal because of my thyroid not knowing yet it was my thyroid and I said to him now I just want peace and he looked at me like I was crazy and it wasn't until I came here that I was offered peace, and in the beginning that's what I wanted. I didn't even care. I I weighed 225 pounds. You know, nowadays they have big women's shops. I was okay with that. I'm pretty tall. Just, I gotta stop this yo-yo dieting and I have to stop this constant chatter in my head about food. That's all I wanted. Well, the constant chatter is gone now. My spiritual experience was not like white lightning. It, was, it was, it's a, was a dimmer switch, and it's still getting brighter. And I want to live till at least 99, and I expect, I'm hoping, I'm working towards it being even brighter then than it is now. Um, so, so that's what I got. And all, by the way, as of the other day, I've lost 48 pounds. That's not even the most important part of this. I'm I'm kind of happy with that, but it's not the most important part. The most important part is that I have peace now. It just feels so good to not have to always worry about what I'm going to eat. And and the rest of my life was crazy too. In my mind it was crazy. My husband was crazy. Well, come to find out. Um well, he still is, but I am, too. <laughs> I definitely am. I add a lot to, to this. Um, so, what else did I write? Okay, so I'll, so I'll go back to the book. Um, it's It talks about there being a solution. If we just follow these rules, these steps, we will be able to be recovered. Um, One of the sentences, our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. And I say that prayer every morning, and it's not just about reaching out to overeaters. It's about everything. Be helpful in every person I meet, in every situation I meet let people in in the line and all this traffic we have around here everything i i try to help others i ask god to guide me to help others and god to me if i'm in a bad way it's god if i'm pretty good about it it's like the universe it's the energy all i know is that it's not me it's more powerful than me I don't need to understand what it is. I don't know that anybody does. If somebody does, they're luckier than me. I don't understand it, but I know something is out there guiding me. And that's all I need to know for now. Maybe I'll know more later, but for now, this is good enough. So um... all right, so this part says the fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost their power of choice in drink. And that's what it is. We're powerless. I I am powerless over food and over my crazy obsessive mind. But yet, I am not eating and I'm not, not obsessing. So it's not me that's doing it. It's my higher power that's doing it. Unbelievably, it's a miracle, but that's what's happening in my life right now. Um, They're talking about we don't have, we're without defense against the first drink. That maybe uh, we're getting hazy about it, and we, you know, that's how you eat. Or maybe you don't think at all. And that's what would happen to me in the past. They'd say... My friends would say, what, what are you thinking before this binge? And I wasn't thinking at all. I, there was no thought. They couldn't believe that, but there really wasn't a thought. I was just, I, turned, I, I noticed I was eating. And, and in explaining to them how it felt, I explained it to myself. I said, just imagine you have an itch. And just don't scratch it, because people were always telling me, just don't eat it, just don't eat it. Or I went through the thing, well, if it's organic, I can eat that. If it's low-fat, I can eat that. If it's low-sugar, I can eat that. It's just the same in here about them, if they drink wine instead of beer. It, it's all the same thing. We're addicted, addicted to certain substances, and once we take one bite, we're done. We just have to keep on eating. There is no choice. I have no choice when that happens. So it takes a lot um but there is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings which the process requires for its successful consummation and that's true. These are easy steps. They're not complicated actually, they're not complicated steps, but they are hard steps to take. You really have to look at yourself and um I saw like in step four, where I was a party to all these problems in my life it it all started from me. I never thought it was me. I was always the nice guy, everybody else was the bad guy, and I think people kind of believe that about me, but up here, it wasn't like that i wasn 't a nice guy at all i was a I was a good actress, i guess um, so yeah we 're talking about this spiritual experience i 'm still experiencing this i have but every day I have to meditate and get quiet and open up my blockage again because every morning I wake up blocked and at first, when I first started this, i was on i was I was, should I say the word, high. I felt high. It was awesome. And then people would kind of chuckle at me. Oh, you're on the pink cloud, which I thought wasn't very nice of them. Like, let me have my good times, you know. But then it kind of fell away, and I thought, oh, it didn't work. Oh, God, it didn't work. I thought I took the 12 steps, and you're done. You're recovered. You'll never eat again. You'll be nice and thin. You'll be nice and peaceful, but you have to work on it every day, just like like I'm on blood pressure medicine, which my, I may be off soon because my blood pressure is lowering. But if I wa- if it wasn't lowering, I still don't have high blood pressure. But if I stop taking that medicine, my blood pressure would go up. If you're a diabetic and you stop taking your insulin, you're going to get worse. So there is a thing called medicine, and with me, it's meditation, it's prayer every morning. It's all throughout the day, stopping and pausing, and that's what I would forget to do in the beginning, and now I do. It's all day I'm stopping and pausing and saying, how should I deal with this? What what should I do? And when I realized that my higher power is deep inside me, I believe we're all born that way. It was much easier than thinking, with the way I grew up in the Catholic Church, it was the, the old man with the white beard who would, You know, if you're good. Like if we were running and fell, somebody would say, see, God punished you. I was five. What's he punishing me about, you know? Um, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like God is within me, but I still have to open up the block every single day. I don't know if that ever goes away, but I don't care because I'll keep... my, My favorite time of the day is in the morning. I meditate. I pray. I have different devotional books and spiritual books and I love those, those little daily motivations, inspirations. They're, they keep me going the rest of the day. Um, so they're saying, uh, let me see. they're saying we had to, if we wanted to uh, blot out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, We had to accept spiritual help, and that's what I did. I never believed it would happen, but it started happening around, like I said, around the fourth step. By the ninth step, I was all in. I hate the 12th step was hard at first, and I I think we're only supposed to be talking about the first step, but that's all right. Mm -hmm. When we do the 12th step, we're going through this book all over again, and just that's our job is to help other people recover the way we did. And and that's how we stay out of the food. I can't believe it. Like, how does that work? I don't have to know how it works. I just know it, it works. I, I'm I'm speechless. Well, I can't be speechless, but I, I just don't know how it works. So we have to go through these steps in desperation, in the desperation of a drowning man. Like, your hair's on fire. Like, get me through this. I, I want like this last sentence I'll stop with the last sentence it says yes I have one of them I am one of them too I must have this thing and that's what it was I saw these people in this meeting recovered and I wanted to be that way I didn't want to be the crazy me mm-hmm. anymore and that is why I happily I dove in and I said, "Somebody catch me! Just catch me!" And I was caught every time. Every new step, help me! And and up to the twelfth step, and that's where I am today. Um, and I, thats all I have for that.
1: Hi. Um, so, in more about alcoholism, I was told that this is the oh crap chapter. <laughs> Um, You know, if you have any lurking notion that you are not a compulsive overeater, this will pretty much smash that delusion. Um, So the first paragraph says, most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real compulsive overeaters. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Um, later it, it says um, the idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his eating is the great obsession of every abnormal compulsive overeater. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. Um, When I first came in, I I thought, death? I was like, well, that's crazy. But again, I'm the diabetic that's totally out of control for 10 years. Um, You know, and I actually had a friend who um, went blind, who lost his legs, um, and, and eventually died of kidney failure because of that disease. And really the disease for him was this disease, um, he was diagnosed with diabetes and could not stop eating his alcoholic foods now i don't think he was aware of the program or um but he knew he was supposed to stop um so i I had full vision of this could be a reality um then later later on page thirty one it talks about the different methods we've tried to um, limit our compulsive eating. Now, of course, they're talking about drinking in the big book, but I've done this with food, so I'm going to read off the ones I've underlined. Limiting the number of drinks. Never drinking in the morning. So that was my big thing. After a nightly binge, I would decide, okay, nothing in the morning, and I would be sweating and white-knuckling it, and um, it just went on forever like that never having it in the house mm-hmm. but you know what the insanity would overtake me and I have a car I have car keys and I have a debit card so <laughs> it really didn't stop me <laughs> you know I was like I'm a big person I can go do this uh never drinking during business hours so I you know I would I would hold off my eating till um for a long time it was after dinner Um, after my dinner meal then I could have dessert and dessert went on all night um but that slowly got pushed back further and further into the day until you know I reached the afternoon and um and then sometimes I was hitting it again in the morning um I usually would take a little break uh sometime late morning into early afternoon um mostly because I had made myself sick with the eating um Drinking only natural wines, it says. But eating only natural foods. So mm-hmm. I went through every type of sweetener you could think of. Um, raw sugar, um, you know, honey, uh, you name it. I tried it. Um, it says reading inspirational books, taking more physical exercise. Um, we can increase the list at infinitum. Um so this went on for me, like I said, for years. Um, at, the, at the bottom of that page, it, it, says, uh, it tells you ways to see if you're really alcoholic in the food. Try to stop abruptly. Try it more than once. Um, it would not take long for you to decide if you're honest with yourself about it and um i i did try that i tried that over and over the second time i went back out um i did try i did try to control it um but it it didn't work it didn't work it just got worse and worse and worse and um i you know i just couldn't stop i knew i couldn't stop on my own i was beat so um then it talks about the man of thirties doing a great deal of spree drinking, um, and he um, he he stops until he's fifty-five because um, he wants to be successful in business. It says then he fell victim to a belief which practically every alcoholic has, that his long period of sobriety and self-discipline had qualified him to drink, or eat as other men. Um, I was under that delusion... Excuse me. I was under that delusion for years, and really up until recently. I've only been in since last September. Um, the For months in the program, even after I had gone back out yeah, and proved to myself that it was a problem... I still, in my head, had that argument going on that, no, I had controlled it at one point. I could do this. I could do this if I really wanted to. Um, But it, it became apparent to me that maybe even having those thoughts were not normal, that normal eaters don't give that much thought to food and to whether or not they can control their intake. Um, and, you know, I've, I have friends that are normal eaters. Um, and, you know, I say to them what I'm thinking. And my one friend is a therapist and she says, it's bad. You got it bad. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and she's right. You know, she's right. I mean, we laugh when she says it, but she's right. I I do have it bad. Um, so then on page 33 it says once an alcoholic always an alcoholic so once I'm a compulsive overeater I'm always going to be a compulsive overeater commencing to eat after a period of sobriety we in a short time are as bad as ever Um, If we're planning to stop eating, there must be no reservation of any kind nor any lurking notion that someday we will be immune to alcohol. I know if I'm on bad spiritual ground because I will get a lurking notion. The thought will come in out of nowhere. I won't be thinking about food. I I won't be thinking about it, but it creeps in. and And I'll think, hmm. That would be nice. Now, I have a daughter who who eats um, because she's a human being. Um, <laughs> and she, um, she likes her treats. You know, she likes her treats. So she has stuff in the house. She is kind enough to bring it into her room um, in the beginning. But I told her she doesn't really need to do that now. But there have been a few times during my abstinence that I thought, boy, that looks nice, you know, that looks nice. I wasn't really thinking about picking it up, but the the thought creeped in, and I thought, you know what, I'm on bad spiritual ground when that happens. I'm in a bad place. What am I not doing that I should be doing? And, And my sponsor told me, pause, ponder, and pray. Um... And, you know, I try to keep that in mind. And when I'm sponsoring, I try to tell my sponsees that, that, you know, you've got to pause, ponder, and pray when you have a lurking notion come in. Um, it, it, It will, you know, it will get you because if that notion is there, it will only expand if you continue to not get back on good spiritual ground, or at least that's my experience. Um, so then we, we go into, um, we have Jim's story on page 35, and um, Jim's an intelligent man, normal so far as we can see, except for a nervous dip- disposition. He did no drinking until he was 35. In a few years, he became so violent when intoxicated that he had to be committed. On leaving the asylum, he came into contact with us. So I was not violent, but, I—I I, again, I was very angry, and um, I was very hostile. And my, my daughter and I lived together, and, you know, we irritate each other. I mean, it happens, you know. People irritate <laughs> each other. And that's what happens. But I really was on it with her. And she she suffers from some other, you know, issues of her own um, that hinder her functioning in adulthood. And um, I just couldn't see past that. And, you know, so I would yell at her. You know, I would rant. I mean, I was really a loon. Um you know and, and she didn't need that she didn't need me to do that with her um I've since apologized um it, she actually won't listen to a um detailed apology of mine, a more in depth one. She told me no that I would upset her, and so you know our our uh you know one of the things we have in the program is to do no more harm. Um so I I I try to be a living amends to her, um and and show her that um I can be kind and compassionate um and supportive of her. Um and it and it's working. We don't really argue that much anymore. Do we get little tiffs? Yeah, here and there, you know, usually over the dishes, I mean to be honest. <laughs> the stupid stuff. You know, but the big things are not an issue anymore. Um, or the things I thought were big in my head, at least, um, and it, it says here. So, so Jim, Jim gets sober, and he goes back out. And it says, all went well for a time, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life, and that's really the the um, nitty gritty of all this is that we have to find a power that can sustain our abstinence and that power doesn't come with from within I don't want to say it doesn't come from within, it doesn't come from me but I believe my higher power lives in me and around me um, and is uh, never ending um, it, it, He knows no bounds. Um, So Jim finds himself drunk half a dozen times in rapid succession. He agreed he was a real alcoholic and in a serious condition. Um, And he he tells his story. He went into work on a Tuesday morning. Um, There's some speculation as to where he was on Monday. Um, There... (laughs) he um he has a few words with the boss you know so this is all these things that re- occur that lead to him picking up again he um drives into the country because he's a car salesman um to get a customer and he goes in into um a place where they serve liquor and to it thinks he might find a customer there um it says Suddenly, the thought crossed my mind that if I were to put an ounce of whiskey in my milk, it couldn't hurt me on a full stomach. I ordered a whiskey and poured it into the milk. I vaguely sensed I was not being any too smart, but felt reassured as I was taking the whiskey on a full stomach. The experiment went so well that I ordered another whiskey and poured it into more milk. And I think that's what happened to me with the fruit. I thought, well, If I go back out with the fruit, it can't really hurt me because it's fruit. Fruit's benign, right? It's healthy for you. Well, not if you're abusing it. There's a lot of sugar in fruit. I do not have to be abstinent from all fruits now, but I am abstinent from many of them because for me, they are an alcoholic food. Um, I realize that's not so for everyone. Um... So the the book uses the word insane a lot, foolish <clears throat> foolish idea, insanity, um and it, it's it just you know it it points out here that Jim he had much knowledge about himself as an alcoholic, yet all reason for not drinking were easily pushed aside in favor of the foolish idea that he could take whiskey if only he mixed it with milk. So the consequences didn't even occur to him. He didn't even follow through on thinking about the remorse, the guilt, the bizarre behaviors that are going to come with you know, your alcohol alcoholism. Um, and that's the same thing that happened to me. And it's only by the, the grace of God, really, that um, I'm here today and able to um, put sentences together, honestly, you know, and not be screaming at everybody in the room about what a bitch my life is. Um, you know, self knowledge isn't the answer. You know, if it was, we'd all go into therapy and we'd be cured. Um, And with that, I'll pass.